Salutation Shades, and welcome back to your one-stop shop for all things strange and unusual, Talking with Shadows, the conversation everyone has, but no one wants to admit to. Here with your hosts, Vic Waitley and Marcus D. And joining us in the studio today, our guest, he's a comedian, friend of the channel, and podcast host of the Inquisitive Mind Podcast. Please welcome our good friend, Johnny Smith. Hey, everybody. Thanks for having me, guys. Absolutely. Absolutely, we're going to have you back. And I think, John, you are actually now technically, I think, the... Oh, uh, I think you've been on the podcast more than anybody else. Oh, really? Maybe, yes, I think maybe Ricky, but I think I think that you actually have been on the podcast more than anybody so far. I'm the Bill Sweet. Russell of uh, podcast guests. Yes, you are. <laughs> and for today, guys, we're doing something a little different. This isn't going to be a regular podcast episode. Don't worry, you'll get the same number of regular podcast episodes this month. But this is just a fun bonus episode for you guys. We're just going to kick back, have a bit of a roundtable discussion, not going to worry about a lot of the details, and just have some fun. Also, another big change is today, instead of drinking something delicious to recommend, we literally went to the liquor store and asked them to find us their two worst beers. It took three employees <laughs> to help us find it, but we got a consensus on the three worst things they had. What are you drinking today, Marcus? I am going to be drinking Milwaukee's Best Ice. And I'll be drinking King Cobra Premium Malt Liquor. Uh, so, let's find out. <laughs> yeah, Johnny, you had to have seen Vic walking around, like, asking for like people's recommendations for their worst beer like he looked like someone like undercover <laughs> from corporate trying to get the guy in trouble he's a, yeah, like, he's a secret shopper yeah, yeah, yeah like i was convinced of this yeah i'm like i i know that this isn't your normal question and i know technically probably you don't sell any bad beers here but level with me man just give me your two words Dude, this beer is huge i'm gonna put a photo up on the social medias for you guys so you guys can see what this looks like are those Cheers. 40 uh, ounces or 22 ounces what size are those it is almost the same size oh 32 ounces oh 32 ounces yeah this is a big beer you're going to mcdonald's and getting a full cup of milwaukee's best no, dude, I think I'm having my wife pick me up after drinking this. There is a lot of alcohol to go through here. <laughs> I really so, hate to say it. I'm a little disappointed. Like, King Cobra, not that bad. Like, I, I've always said, like, there's only one beer I've ever had I disliked. And certainly this is not a good beer. The, Milwaukee's Best Ice tastes like a homeless man pissed in a bottle. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm serious. Like... I've never tasted urine directly, like, but, like... He's lying. No. I mean, I've <laughs> smelled really pungent urine, but I'm pretty sure that if it has a taste, this is what it is. Milwaukee's Best was the beer when I was younger, when you were 17, 18, 19, and you were broke. You'd get someone to buy you the cheapest case of beer they could find. Oh. King Cobra's and just very mediocre. We wow. call it Milwaukee's Beast. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! What do we, we do? We used to get in college. We used to get drunk on uh, wild what? Irish rose. Yes. Oh, I remember oh. that stuff. And Mad That's Dog about... Twenty Twenty. That was the that was our go to alcohol. If I you even know, smell I... wild Irish rose anymore, I want to puke and wretch. I have an unpopular opinion here, but the worst beer I've ever had is Heineken. Uh, really? I kind of like Heineken. I it's do not, not like, like Heineken. Up on my list. Okay, Miller High Life is up there for me as far as worst beers that I've ever had. Worst what? That's one of my favorite. <laughs> uh, I believe that. I believe that. If your go-to is Milwaukee's Best Ice, or, then I'm pretty <laughs> sure Miller High Life is probably going to be on there, too. Worst beer I ever had. I was working as a survival instructor in the Pocono Mountains. And I've never seen this anyplace else, but um, there was a gas station nearby, and it had a beer called Guinnessee. And it... Is the only beer I've ever had I did not like, and it was 
Oh my god, so bad. Like unpalatable. Bad. It was just horrid. Didn't taste like beer. It tasted like beer mixed with like almost a motor oil sort of flavor. Oh. Think think mm. the smell of motor oil and mix that in with the flavor of beer. And that's what it was. That's rough. Think, that is rough. Do you think that it's just a they, they just mixed Guinness and Hennessy together? No, because it was it was so cheap. It was God, it was like uh a quarter a can it was so cheap and I, I that's basically why i bought it i just needed some cheap beer i really thought you were going to tell me working in the pocono mountains the way we got drunk was we just licked random animals we found in the woods no no no. <laughs> oh i got a fun fact about that i actually bought a cane toad uh when i was younger to try yeah, and get it to secrete don't lick it don't yep. lick the cane toad i was unsuccessful but i spent 60 dollars on the frog alone or on the oh. toad alone excuse me animal rights guys did you wait? Did you lick the toad? Uh, no, because I read up a little bit, and I was trying to irritate it to get it to secrete uh, the whatever toxins it was, so I could lick it. Your <laughs> <laughs> just happy disposition just couldn't piss it off enough, I guess. Yeah, I was like petting it, and it it seemed like it was supposed to upset it, but it seemed to just enjoy it. Yeah, cane toads are fairly chill animals in general. I I didn't know that you could like get anything besides violently sick from licking them. I know like most animals, if they eat any part of their skin, just start to violently retch. Well, from what I understand, it was a little bit of a hallucination. I don't know how true that is, but I've heard it before. I think I saw it on a video game and something about a family guy. So <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> don't do toad kids. Do Milwaukee's best ice and King Cobra. Oh, Dude, this Milwaukee's is a lot of beer. Okay. Have you, got, have you guys ever had a high gravity hurricane? No. Is it good? Oh, no. It is god awful, but it's like 10% and it's uh, $5 for a 12 pack. I will say, though, that high gravity hurricane does sound like some sort of a weather phenomenon we've probably had in Indiana. Fair enough. <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> Oh, okay, guys. So today, uh, we thought it'd be fun. We're going to talk about uh, the men in black, and we're going to keep talking about the men in black. If you guys have not already heard, go over to the Inquisitive Minds podcast and check out our uh, episode we did with Johnny, because it was an awesome, wild ride. And for the most part, this episode is pretty much a continuation of that one. Yeah. And, you know, like, in, if you go if you go listen to that episode, just like in typical one candle society fashion me and Vic just were like okay here's the regular topic and now we're gonna go off road <laughs> those, are the be- those are the best uh, those are the best conversations though because it, it takes fascinating turns we talked about a lot of stuff in that episode like we just like that's the fun thing that's the fun <laughs> thing that you get when you mix like talking with shadows in the inquisitive mind podcast you get like the weirdest conversations that <laughs> you could possibly get. Okay. It's, it's so nonchalant. Really it's weird? like, so nonchalant. It's like, hey, so Slender Man murdered seven people. You guys want to talk about that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Let's talk about that. And then we'll focus on his cufflinks. And it's like, okay, that conversation didn't go where it was supposed to, but we'll take it. What is this slenderness really trying to say? <laughs> is, he is, it, is, it, is he fatphobic? Is he fatphobic? Is he fat phobic? So how weird do you want to start off today? Okay, so I real real brief. I was I say we get real weird real quick, but I very brief overlay for our listeners. If you guys haven't gone over to the Inquisitive Minds podcast, absolutely and listen to our episode. First off, you should absolutely go do that. But real Thank quick synopsis so of a man in black phenomenon. If you have never heard of a man in black phenomenon. Um, the story, the story, typically generally starts in the conversation with Albert Bender in the 1950s. He was the founder of the International, uh, oh, International Flying Saucer Bureau. I know it sounds like I made that up, but I really did not. It sounds like I mixed words, like like I messed that title up. But I really, that's really what it's called. He starts talking about all of these sightings that he's seeing with UFOs, and then the man gets visited in the night by three men in black who literally walk through his walls, like face through his walls, then harass him with like these yellow glowing eyes. And ever since then, it has sparked this whole conversation of people that anytime they report anything in the paranormal, these strange 
men in black and G-man suits driving black Cadillacs will show up and tell him, no, you didn't see nothing. And in a nutshell, that's what a typical a typical story sounds like. But then they get all weird. Of course, we're talking about that. It's like the paranormal mafia. They yeah, are the paranormal yeah. mafia. Absolutely, yep. they are. They're like, oh, accidents happen. Uh, people dissipate through walls every now and then. You didn't see nothing, kids. <laughs> yeah, you know that guy? He uh, didn't stop talking about UFOs and his heart disappeared. Same <laughs> happened to you, too. Like, I think that was one of the strangest things that I that I found when investigating like stories with the men in black is how often the story would go. They showed up to my house. They invited me to a diner, so I decided to go. Oh hell no! Like who who like if a government looking agent if a government looking agent shows up to your house, knocks on the door, and says, "Hey, do you want to go to a Denny's with me?" I'm gonna be like, "Piss off!" <laughs> I'm going. I'm going. This might be my chance to be able to get turned into the Hulk or Captain America. I am <laughs> Okay, question. Are we talking about, like, a G-Men agent, or is this one of those falling-apart ghoul men in black that John Keel talked about? Like, is this, like, just looks like a regular guy dressed in black, or is this guy missing a nose and one of his ears is falling out and things are levitating around him? Well, I tell you what. The the weirder the government, quote-unquote, agent is that comes to the door, the more interested I am in going. There you go. <laughs> like I want to chase. I want to chase the funk. You know what I mean. Like if a ghost is like, follow me. I'm going. It's like John. It's like Johnny Smith. Like they got. He had the stranger danger talk when he was a kid. And he goes, Nah, never mind. They got candy. I'm getting in that man. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was a uh, stranger danger. Was about as effective as the dare program. You're telling me. <laughs> like, so you're telling me that if I get in that van, I'm gonna get candy and get a ride. I was like, Hell yeah, I'm gonna go. <laughs> If I, if I get in that van, if I go to dinner with you, I might disappear and no one will ever see me again. I don't have to live this life anymore. I'm out of here. Okay. So, Vic, where do you want, like, where do you want to go in the conversation? If, if you guys want a really weird kickoff, I got one. Sure. And this might require a little bit of back information. Is the flannel man the same thing as the men in black are. Man, we're just getting on those ATVs and just going right off road real quick. Let's see, Johnny, are you familiar with, with Flannel Man? Not completely. Uh, I've heard the term before, but I'm not 100% clear. Okay, so, like, a typical Flannel Man story, like, is exactly kind of what it sounds like. A person reports seeing, essentially, the the brawny man, <laughs> like the oh. guy that's on the brawny man logo, that's in like jeans. He's got a beard. He's got a a flannel shirt, and he shows up. People have reported seeing him at their house. They've reported seeing them in the room. They reported seeing him in the woods. There's all sorts of speculative theories as to exactly like what he does. I've heard everything from like he's a messenger of death to he foreshadows bad things happening. He I've even heard, like, he leads you out of danger if you follow the Flannel Man, which, by the way, I don't know if I'd ever recommend following paranormal entities unless you're a trained professional like uh, me, some, Vic, and Johnny. And some of you guys wake up leaning over your bed. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I said uh, trained professional with air quotes if you guys couldn't hear that, <laughs> by the way. So, could he be the same thing as men in black are? And if you say no, I'm going to attempt to change your mind. Okay. I'm going to go now. I'm going to say... That if they saw him in the woods, um, he's perfectly in place. They need to just keep it moving. <laughs> there. I agree. I agree. Um, and I think it's much more terrifying if someone just appears in your room in like regular like woodsman clothes. Oh yeah, I, 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 I think so too. <laughs> oh my god, I'm being haunted by the ghost of Kurt Cobain. Either that, or I think you know it's an axe murderer or, or or a rapist. I don't think you know paranormal. I just think holy shit, there's a man here in a flannel shirt. That's danger. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, here's my argument. Flannel man is often described as being like abnormally pale. Although his hair color does change sometimes, he's often described in being in like or having darker hair. He is dressed out of place, much like the men in black are. He seems to be able to just phase into people's rooms, as the men in black are sometimes attributed to being able to do. He is often associated with being a portent of death, much like many people have associated with the um, 
with the men in black. Um, but most interestingly, and this is what made me get on the subject of this. Both the flannel man and the men, or the men in black are sometimes cited with bargeists. There are several accounts of the flannel man either being showing up with a bargeist with him or having a bargeist show up a bit before or a bit after. Men in black, although these accounts are rare, are sometimes accompanied by a bargeist, making me think they might be the same damn thing. Two questions. Um, the first is obviously <clears throat> why the ensemble change then? If he's a man in black, why is he just throwing a wrench and everything? Agreed. And the, sec the second question is, um, it's maybe a comment. I, I'm not going to say he's not necessarily a men in black. Would, could he potentially be in another department? Okay, first question. Like he's like the Parks and Rec of the men in black? <laughs> yeah, something like that. Like maybe he's a, he, he works for this branch. Like he's a government official, you know, but he's a, he's a tax attorney or he's a senator. You know what I mean? Something different than just what the men in black do. First question, or to answer your first question, perhaps he's a rogue man in black <laughs> who's left whatever their agenda is and is off doing his own thing, but he still has all the normal men in black bizarreness with him. <laughs> or maybe what they wear is based off their surroundings. So y'all heard it here. Vic Whaley is saying, yeah, I think Falana Man is the Jason Bourne of the men in black. <laughs> Hey, there, there are there are certain outlier connections that exist between the two, and I had to bring it up because this is what I've been thinking about. Also, much of my theories on the men in black go back to them possibly being some form of psychopomp. Um, and Johnny, are you familiar with the term psychopomp? Nope, lay it on me. Okay, psychopomp is a blanket term for those things that go between here and the afterlife. They uh, The word originally comes, if I remember right, from Greece, but it's associated like um, their psychopomps are present in pretty much every religion and folklore. Like in Christianity, an angel that can go between the underworld and here or from heaven to here would be a form of psychopomp. Uh, in many animist cultures, ravens, that since they can transition uh, souls between the uh, afterlife and the now, their psychopomps in uh, Greece in or in the Hellenistic tradition, um, there are oracles that could um, descend into the underworld or lead heroes to the underworld. So just essentially creatures that can go through the dimensions or levels. Yeah, basically anything that can pierce that veil to that which where the soul goes after death. Okay, that would be a psychopomp, and. Another and uh, bar guys, hellhounds, black shucks, whatever you want to call them, also are being are also heavily associated with um, with psychopomps. So is alchemy in many ways it has a psychopomp association. Vic, uh, let me stop you. Oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. You go ahead, Johnny. Vic, let me stop you for a second because I want to uh, ask another question. Why? Why did he? Why would he go rogue? I just. For that theory to work, I need what would be the motivation behind it? Well, the problem is we don't know the exact agenda of the Men in Black, but I would assume that it's probably for the same reasons anyone would go rogue. Either right. they simply did not like their lot, or <laughs> they found out what they're doing was sinister and couldn't deal with it anymore, or just wanted to bail. <laughs> I think everybody can relate to the idea of, oh, I hate my boss, I'm out of here. <laughs> Maybe you got <laughs> like fired. You, like you can take this job and shove it. You know. Yeah, I've done that on many many occasions. Oh yeah, I I'm gonna make the argument. I don't think so. I think that either one of two things. I think that we've talked a lot about how some paranormal entities seem to run in the same circles of other paranormal entities. If you describe any sort of paranormal entity, occasionally, like more often than not, a shadow person is gonna be popping up in the story somewhere they run hand in hand with ghosts they run hand in hand with oh gosh what is one of the oh other other weird entities that pop final man stories um things that pop up i think that the black shuck might just be popping up as one paranormal entity maybe piggybacking off another paranormal entity and i think that many of the the stories involving men in black and black shuck is even i think an outlier story of 
men in black stories. There are some, but there are not as many as the the normal mode where they do where they just show up and then tell you, hey, you didn't see nothing. <laughs> I will definitely give you in both flannel man encounters and men in black encounters, ones where they show up with Bargeist are very outlier phenomena. But what I will say, it's not like normal when something's piggybacking. When they show up with a man in black, usually they're in the man in black's car and they're giving them direct con or direct orders. When a um, bar guy shows up with a flannel man, it's usually at his heel. It's usually clearly these two things are together. Now, I do I personally believe flannel man is a ex-man in black or something like that? Not really, but I do think that they might be connected in some way shape or form like they might be a similar sort of entity or they draw on a similar sort of power whatever the oddity is there seems to be a connection between the two of what nature i cannot fully say yet but there's just odd similarities between them that i just can't account for i think when we can make a better argument when it comes to like kid and black like kid and black <laughs> to black eyed kid sightings where their behavior is way more similar, where they're pale, they're showing up in clothes that are like a decade old, they have weird social mannerisms, you know what, they're trying to get you to hang out with them, which is a similar thing. I don't know, when, I, I, I'm sorry, go ahead. When was the first Flannel Man sighting, and uh, where oh, and how oh, did it Okay, I've got an answer for this. It's actually very hard to say because it was generally believed Flannel Man was a modern phenomenon to the last several years. But then, oddly enough, and we can't, there's no real reference or history to this. John Keel, in his book, Creatures from Out of Time and Space, makes this offhanded mention that this thing is similar to the checkered shirt nighttime invaders that appear in people's houses. And he seems to imply these accounts are very common. But no one can figure out what he's talking about there, except for the fact he seems to be describing Flannel Man back when he wrote this, which would have been decades before the term Flannel Man yeah. even existed. Flannel goes back, oh my god, I mean, it goes back hundreds of years, I mean, hundreds of years as a product, so. But the paranormal creature Flannel Man, like, Keel seemed to have known about this entity, even though it's a modern phenomena, and we don't know why or how. I think it's hard to pick up stories prior to 1960. But I think most of the monasteries of him coming out seem to be 90s and later. The vast majority even, of the even, even, I think, more recent than yeah, that. Yeah, maybe 2000s. Because maybe I, I'm being generous with that with that estimate. I really think that it became popularized by Strange Familiars, and I think they are, have been the main uh, main source of it. Yeah, and I think they've been collecting, I think they've been collecting stories. Uh, it kind of, they all kind of fit around late 90s, early 2000s. So... Um, since I'm not too familiar with this flannel man, is there a, a story, because you described some of the stories, is there a certain story that sticks out as, like, the most popular or the most well-known? Well, there is a kind of archetypical story where it's very similar to a red-eyed shadow person encounter where you wake up at night and he just seems to be in the corner of the room watching. That's creepy. It very. is. Very. I mean, if I woke up and thought I saw the brawny man staring at me, I probably, I probably would be having problems. <laughs> yeah, I, I just but don't the, know how you're I'd be needing a quicker picker up, or probably. But there are lots of other or encounters with him. He can kind of run a diverse gambit of what he's doing. But to the best of my knowledge, that's like the iconic encounter. You know, I don't subscribe to the fact that, like, we're in the Matrix or anything, but sometimes stories like this just pop out to me as, like, glitches. Dude. Oh, yeah. <laughs> dude, if you listen to our uh, whole, like, episodes that we did in, like, all of our episodes we did in February, you might be kind of believe that maybe there's some sort of Matrix things. Like, there's a bunch of, like, weird computer glitches going on, and now it's raining, you know. I'll definitely things. check those out. <laughs> or rocks know. out of nowhere. Or 14th century coins. Like, this seems... Weird. Oddly enough, that was almost verbatim what I said, because in one of the episodes I go, I don't subscribe to the uh, <laughs> we're all in the Matrix theory, but this kind of sounds like we all might be in the Matrix. <laughs> did, did, do you guys know, speaking off on that, you, you were talking about stuff raining, that gloop 
that rained down some long time yeah. ago in that one town. What that actually was? Is he uh, talking about star jellies? Or... Yeah, I think you're talking. You're talking about the stuff. I want to say it was in Seattle. I want to say is where it ended up. The most famous story. I could be wrong. Unfortunately, I can think of a few stories where gloop falls from the sky, so I'm not sure if you're I'm talking about the right one. You're talking about the Oakville. I think you're talking about the Oakville blobs from Washington. It's not Seattle. Yeah, yes. From, from yeah. Washington in 1994. Yeah, we did. I want to say that there was, oh God, there was weird, all sorts of weird stuff that they tested stuff from that, where they found, like, bacterias in it, and they found, like, human white blood cells in it. Oh, now I remember this. Yeah. Oh. We covered that. We covered that back in one of our patron episodes. Like, oh god, I want to say within the first ten episodes of, of the podcast, way back in the day. But I do know, I do know what you're talking about. Yeah, that that was a very strange phenomenon. Weird stuff. People just waking up to weird stuff with like weird DNA, weird bacteria falling from the sky. It's like something like top. It's like something like top level, like weird paranormal stuff. Or huh. high strangeness. High strangeness. <laughs> Yeah. That, <laughs> so, Johnny, I want to ask your opinion. What do you think is going on with these men in black stories where they're showing up to people that have been reporting to, like, Sign of the Paranormal? Like, what do you think is, like, what do you, what's your opinion? What's your takeaway from, from all of this? You know, sometimes it seems to me that the government lets out certain information just to discredit people. And I think... Uh, they have a JV team of men in black they send out that scare people, but only enough to shake them up so they can report it. And uh, the uh, the senior version actually handles the legitimate threats where uh, either a, a real sighting was taking place or a real interaction, and they actually shut that down the proper way. So I think okay. it's a bit of mis misinformation as well. Okay. I So I want to ask you this question then. So the... So you're describing like typical, like typical, like G-man showing up, you know, you know, no, you didn't see anything. What about the more like stranger men in black sightings where they're missing a nose or they're missing an arm or they're doing weird feats of magic or powers where they're like transmuting metal in their hands? Do you think that that is something that's controlled by a government or a clandestine organization, aliens? Like, what do you what do you think those types of sightings are? Whatever the organization is that's uh, controlling this, I still think it falls under the same thing because you're already hysteric running around town claiming you saw a UFO. Oh, two days later, now you saw this guy who levitates stuff and whose nose fell off. I think it's a, a tool to discredit. Interestingly enough, this is actually Ellie's theory on the men in black as well. She, she really believes that often the odd things they do is really just to get you to go talk about those things so you lose credibility in your community. Yeah, like, if I tell you a guy in a suit came to my house and told me to shut up, that's believable. If I tell you a guy in a suit came in my house and he was like foreign and his ear fell off, but he didn't know how to drink water, I'd be like, well, what the fuck are you talking about? Like We see this, we see this so much. We saw this and we talked about this a lot. When we did like our episode like on mental health and the paranormal, where we were talking about like shadow people encounters, because that is a popular topic and entity that is seen by people that are mentally ill that they'll describe seeing these things. And so many people write this off as they're crazy, they don't know what they're talking about, not even realizing how many people like in the general public also talk about seeing entities like this. Yeah, that's that's the one like is close to my heart too. I mean, we discussed this. That's the one I've actually had some real experiences with. It's just it's hard to stay controlled when you when you actually see something, but you have to realize people are going to think you're nuts no matter what. At least try and come off as rational. And like until we have legitimate proof, like uh, I guess I guess scientific proof that oh here's a shadow person. I, I still don't I still think there's a risk of not being taken seriously. I'm not convinced that scientifically we'll ever be able to establish it. I, I mean I really think about where we were scientifically five hundred years ago though. Okay, if there's a change in the philosophy where they're not so obsessed with protecting the status quo, 
If that changes and they go back to get legitimate spirit of inquiry science instead of armchair science, then yeah, I think then we might be able to make some progress. But where we are now, I think it's going to be uphill. Well, it's it's gonna it's gonna take us being able to, and this is gonna sound way out there, uh, develop interdimensional travel. If if we can uh, transport through the dimensions, I think uh, I think that'll help because I feel like a lot of these entities are on different wavelengths. I actually generally agree that a lot of these things may be more likely to be interdimensional than extraterrestrial or things like that. But uh, I don't know. I've just been so frustrated with science and their response to the paranormal and ufology and things like that. And, oh, the Flatwoods monster was clearly an owl, even though the person never even went out to the location. Imagine how Galileo felt. Well, he probably felt crispy. Wait, was he burnt? No, I can't remember. Um... I don't, I don't know think how he burned the stake. No, no. He, he was he was censored though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Censored. I was thinking about I think one of his friends was burned. Well, you can see it now, man. I mean, it's so easy. I mean, if you talk about like cancel culture, no matter whatever side you're that you're the album that you're coming from, like how easily that can happen to a that can happen to a person when a person is just flat like discredited for the theories that they put forward. I mean, even if like we talked about like we talked about blood brains. Uh, back in February and we were talking about those two physicists that were trying to argue that no we think that there is possibly like DNA that's from and bacteria that's from like not from this world and these guys hung up on this for like 10 years but like the scientific community was like ostracizing these two physicists that were trying that never mm -hmm. let this theory go they they wrote it for a while or there's the story of the guy who went to a scientific conference and said, hey, I found a case. And he was presenting this case at a conference where he had found contagious cancer. They did not even let him finish his case. He was removed. Yep. He later came back with more, even more evidence than he had, even though he had enough evidence to prove it the first time. And they find him, finally let him, to, let him explain himself that, yes, he did find a way cancer can be contagious in certain circumstances and then proved it. See, the scientific community is as open as they'd like to believe they are. They're not um, until until it, it, something shocks them. Like something as simple as the uh, washing your hands cut the infant mortality rate in half. But people were walking around telling people, wash your hands, you're out of your goddamn mind. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, and you, and you just see this. So often with people that come forward claiming that they've had these men in black sightings, even in the modern era where people will just write them off as that they're crazy, they're paranoid, they're guarded, they're delusional. There's no way that somebody could be monitoring you or could have shown up and tell you to stop talking about the things that, that you're talking about. I mean, Dan Aykroyd, one of the most famous people like in the world, was talking about how he had this awesome UFO show called like Out There and literally walked out to smoke a cigarette, sees a man in black, comes back inside, they cancel the show without telling them why that they're going to cancel it. And so many people don't know that story. Yeah, and there's no telling me that uh, a paranormal show with Dan Aykroyd isn't a hit. Yes. So it, it wasn't, you know, for that reason. And 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 furthermore, he's also like a senior in, in the industry. You know what I mean? Like, he's up there. He's got weight. Uh, for them to not tell him, something's wrong. Okay. Marcus pitched me a question earlier today that got me thinking in a different direction. Do you remember this? I do often say things that are very deep and uh, filled with wisdom. No, I was shocked. <laughs> I was shocked that you legitimately put two th two strings together and made a, made a thought. But was, I was, this, all, was this putting two peanut butter and jelly sandwiches together to make a mega peanut butter and jelly sandwich? No. No, it wasn't. No, no. You, you know what I'm talking about, though. Right? Wait. Hang on. I say I'll, lots of things that are very profound, <laughs> and it, I don't write them down. <laughs> I'll just give you back your own thought. Thank you. I appreciate you keep, letting me keep the credit. You brought up the fact that men in black often show up in response to people seeing a UFO, oh, yes, but less often in response to abduction. And that made me go, holy crud, you're right. Yes, and I that's did. a weird distinction. That's a weird line for them to choose. Yeah, think about so many stories of people 
talking about their sightings of the men in black. Even going back to the original source that people, which it's not, by the way, Albert Bender is not the original guy seeing Men in Black. But anyway, but going going back to 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 that that people like to point to, it is a guy who founds a the International's Flying Saucer Bureau, the guy who sees UFOs. All month long, guys, we're talking about alien abductions and the idea of men in, like with of Men in Black coming to your house and telling you to stop talking about what you're talking about does not come up very often in the abductee story. And I thought that was just a, the strangest thing. But once I thought about it, I'm like, that is the pattern. Yeah. And I wanted to talk about why would this be the pattern? Think about the narrative that people weave with the men in black. The theory is they're all showing up to silence people seeing stuff in the paranormal. If that was the legit reason of what they're doing why are they not showing up more often than not in alien abduction stories that's fascinating do you guys have a theory on that well i just heard about this earlier today i have a few initial uh, thoughts but i really wanted to just talk it out with you guys i mean that's strange that's very that's very strange it so, uh I yeah, I'm not going to lie. I was, again, I'm not super familiar with the alien abduction stories and that. Again, that's why I'm learning this with our listeners now as we're, as we're doing this. But I, I, I thought that was just so weird. I think that should really shake up the narrative when we're talking about Men in Black. One possibility is the abductions. Uh, well, no, no, that doesn't even make that much sense as I go to form it. Like, I, I have, have a, a very hard time like, making a rational connection like here. guys we even talked about benny and barney hill in the last episode the most famous story involving like people being abducted by aliens and mib never show up in it they even call the government they called a mil like betty hill calls the air i think it was the air force to report what happened to her not one single men in black story Here's shows up here's the thought um, they don't show up to the abductions because they know uh, who the aliens are that are doing the abducting. They show up to the sightings because maybe they have to get uh, like a risk assessment of who the extraterrestrials are, where they're coming from, could they be dangerous, and don't want to spread fear. I don't. This is a rough one. Yeah, and no, it's really a very strange distinction. Um. Perhaps it's usually when you address something in this sort of way, it's because one one subject matter is something you do not feel that you need to respond to. People, but the thing is, you would think that a abduction would be considered a much higher risk than someone just seeing a light. And there's plenty of cases where they show up to someone who's saying, Oh, I just saw this weird light. They're not even saying it's a UFO. They just mentioned it to a few people, and they happen to show up. And it, I don't know why that would be dangerous enough for them to try to show up in silence in comparison to someone who's like, I've been taken. I saw the inside of the ship. I saw the pilots. I saw everything. They took my man seed. I birthed an alien <laughs> yeah. hybrid. Which, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, if you really look at, like, alien abduction, like, stories... And listen to the language that they discuss. It's there's a lot of like the aliens are trying to take over and all this. I mean, there's a whole lot of like theories that are out there. You would think if honestly, if that was legit what's going on, you would see men in black stories. So it it, it throws this massive, massive monkey wrench. <laughs> Maybe because it's it's more believable to see something in the sky. You know, we all see stuff up there we can't. Uh, recognize, not necessarily saying everything's a UFO, but then when you say you've been abducted, that's so much easier to blow off. Yeah, maybe it's along the lines of they know they don't need to guard that information. Enough of the population will refuse to believe it just out of hand based on the nature of the explanation. So perhaps that's why they feel there's no need to respond to it. Although, because I would imagine a much higher percent of the population, if you came to him and said, I saw something weird in the sky, I believe that that would be higher than the people that would be willing to believe in abduction story. I, I have an argument now. It took me a minute because I think, because again, I really honestly just came up with this thought today when Vic was praising me for my amazing thought here. But like, 
God, you suck. It, it goes back. It, it might honestly give more credence to like, like, like black technology, the black technology theory, where humanity is more technologically advanced than what people realize we are. And if that was true, where humanity has been able to develop interdimensional travel, flying saucers, special craft, and things like that that we're reporting seeing that in the government or needs to keep that under wraps, then that's why they're showing up because you're too close to that rather than people, the alien abduction movement, which is easy, which people would just write off as, you know, they're crazy, which I'm not saying that they are. I'm just saying maybe that's where the theory goes. I don't know. I just want to point out that a lot of uh, craft sightings are done by like, uh, People with military experience supposed to be legitimate, uh, credible sources. Does that yeah. would, would would that have anything to do with it? They, uh, I don't know. That's yeah, that's weird, man. Yeah, but we also know like they show up with civilian sightings too, though. Because like think about the one, the one that everyone points to, where it's the two men in black walking into the hotel. It's on camera and everything. Mm. Those are just those are just someone that was working at the hotel that was talking about this black triangle they saw. But I, I'm not willing to say that they work for the government, but everything else you said about your theory there, I actually well, think that it's fairly viable. Maybe it's not even, when I say the government, I'm not even, I don't know, you, you could say the United States government, you could say the Illuminati, you could say whatever clandestine organization that you want, insert whatever clandestine organization that you want. But like, people are seeing technology that they should not be seeing, and therefore that's why these these things, People, entities, things are showing up and doing these sorts of things. I'm going to go to the most basic uh, answer solution because the, the the simplest is usually the the, the real answer. Could it be um, mass hallucination? Um, I, I think that I would say a better argument might be that it's a screen memory people are coming up with. I think that maybe something's going on with their, with their memory because the human brain itself cannot handle not knowing something. So I think maybe it could be maybe that you could be right and then it's a hallucination, but it's a it's a we're seeing something trying to piece a memory together because the government's showing up or these people are showing up and they're doing something, wiping your brain, doing something's going on. And our brain and our brains are trying to map or trying to piece something together to fill in the blanks. Another problem is um, when people have studied UFO reports and then have tried to dissect it from the mass hallucination angle. The general consensus is that the observers show too much of or too high of a consistency rate for it to be what one would normally consider a standard mass hallucination. And I, to me, I think you could be seeing some uh, like and I think that there could be an evolution of men in black tactics that could be going on, because I think if you if you look at the way that 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 you can interact with people, say, pre-1990s it had to be one-on-one -on -one. you mm -hmm. had to go talk to somebody you had to interact with them post-90s with the internet now you have a way into people's homes you have a way into, into like with mass communication and you can change and you can change the narrative so you know prior to 1990 people are seeing all these ufos you're going to people talking to them and and, and threatening them or, or changing the memory or whatever you're doing after 1990 say like if you look at something say like the phoenix lights where thousands and millions of people are seeing these UFOs in the sky, and now we're using the media to change the narrative of what people are talking about or how we're going to explain it. I have a question. Do you remember some months back, there was a quote-unquote a UFO sighting over like New Jersey? It turned out to be like the Goodyear blimp. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> okay. I do, remember, I do well, remember that. When I saw that video, I, I immediately knew. I said, oh, that's a blimp. Um, however... It was on fire all over the internet. Everybody's like UFO, UFO, UFO. How do you explain something like that? Because it wasn't hard to see what it was. Oh, people can just be dumb sometimes. Oh, I'll give you an example involving myself. <clears throat> I saw this really cool video of the night sky, and you could clearly see the clouds over the town. And this guy was reporting seeing something he couldn't explain, and the sky looking like a serpent 
moving on the other side of the clouds. And there are these things that looked like illuminated, bioluminescent balls kind of snaking its way through the sky. And once I stepped back for a second and calmed down from the excitement and took a breath, I was like, oh, this is obviously Skylight's program to like move in specific patterns. It is super obviously that now that I've taken a breath. I, and I was a little ashamed of myself <laughs> for being swept up. Like if you don't take that moment to step back and check yourself and be like, because whenever I'm I'm having something where I think I'm seeing a recording of something legitimately paranormal or if I'm having a paranormal experience myself, I always try to take that moment to step back and check myself and go, Vic, are you being dumb right now? Are you being an idiot right now? <laughs> And sometimes you, you got you to do that sometimes because we can get excited and make yeah. bad conclusions. I agree. Absolutely. I think, I think that might have been a case of a lot of people not taking a moment to check themselves. So, and I'll ask you, Johnny, because I want to get your opinion on this. So, me and, me and Vic were talking about this a little bit. When it comes to, say, like trying to, I don't know, if they're trying to say men in black are trying to control the flow of information, we're trying to change things. Do you think that tactics of the men in black change, uh, like are gonna, like are gonna change or have changed since like early sightings of them? Oh well, my first question is: Has there been many recent men in black sightings? The the general okay, a lot of people will say that there are less now than there were, say, around the nineties. But looking into it, I really don't think there are. I think that's a bit of a misconception. Um, I think that the Men in Black accounts that are coming through now are not as widely uh, sensationalized, but I would say that they're coming through with a similar level of consistency. I will say I don't know how much they can adapt and change when they can't even understand uh, common interaction. Oh, 100% agree. You know, I, I just find it hard for them to be like, okay, let's switch up our tactics, boys. We're going to get them this way, but they don't know how to have a conversation. Yeah, I, I I think you're right. I think that they have very little lateral ability. Like, their ability to elevate their own game and understand their own mistakes seems incredibly limited. I don't know, man. I think that the... But if you look at, like, how even the government themselves discuss UFOs, to me, it almost feels like they're even, like, being more open to the idea of UFOs. Like, a couple months ago, what was it? Was it last? I don't know if it was last year. Or this beer starting to hit me a little bit. But like, like <laughs> the last, last COVID. Year, yeah, I know. It's, I'm getting like halfway through the bottle, through the can, uh, the, where they released like those couple uh, video, those two videos of the UFOs that are flying around. They're like, the government finally admits there's yeah. UFO sightings, you know, and things like that. I think that if they're legit trying to cover up for paranormal activity, maybe you could be seeing something where. There are just as many men in black sightings where they have to physically go somewhere to do something, but there's more activity of them online or through the media of them being able to control or change the narrative or do or or impact the paranormal community. Yeah, but I don't think either of us are saying the tools that people who attempt to suppress UFO knowledge have not elevated. Mm -hmm. I would definitely say that has elevated. But I have no reason to think that this is being implemented by the men in black. They seem to be using the same modus operandi they always did. Although I do believe that there are groups utilizing technology, online, things like that, to suppress that information. What do you think, Johnny? Well, we don't know what we don't know. Um, that being said, I, I'm very curious about how many uh, successful men in black visits there were. That's a good question. And then if we knew that, we could talk about a margin of error. You know, I it makes me honestly wonder too. Like, I mean, like we we were on your podcast and we were talking about the concept of a successful. You can't see the air quotes, guys. Successful <laughs> men in black stories because many of the men in black stories almost have this air that they're legit trying to do some sort of weird hypnosis thing with you when they're interacting with you because like their eyes are super wide. They're using almost trigger words. They're using like weird audible things, like making clicking things with pens and things like that. So I don't, and, I don't know. Yeah, and like that's the thing. Like we're never going to hear about the ones where they accomplish their goal 100. percent 
Okay, I have a question for you guys. Do you think the men in black are human? Partially human or augmented humans or purely inhuman? And I'm talking, about, I'm talking about the really weird ones here. I'm going to go last. Go ahead, Johnny. Purely inhuman. Um, I don't think they're human at all. I just think maybe they are trying to mimic what they think a human is, what a human does. Um, I think it could be potentially a race that is uh, developed an in intelligence beyond a social interaction almost. But I don't think it's human. I guess at that. all. I, I'm going to go with either human or heavily augmented human. Like going through something extreme, like if we're talking in a mystical sense, selling your soul, or if we're talking about it in a scientific sense, just taking the human genome and altering it all to freaking hell. But I, was, I think that they're either inhuman or heavily augmented. Now, I'm going to make the argument that it's both all on the middle like it's, it's all of it that's going on at the exact same time there's so many stories of weird inhuman men in black stories as well as just straight human gmn stories where they're all typically after the same motive you've had some sort of paranormal encounter and somebody shows up in a black suit black cadillac telling you not to talk about what you saw trying to talk you out of what you saw trying to discredit you something along along the lines like that it is hard to find anything else in the paranormal where humans are acting exactly the same way as a straight, bizarre paranormal entity. Uh, I, I'll, I'll definitely say what you're saying here is pertinent, but that second half, I'm not totally sold on. Like, think about <laughs> shadow people and how similar their actions are to sexual predators. Well, I think their motives are the exact same. The, their motives are the exact same. Yeah, but the way they execute, menace, intimidate, and marginalize are all still a very similar modus operandi. Yeah, but I think even with, like, the men in black that are human versus men in black that are just straight-looking, alien-looking, they're, at the end of the day, still trying to do the exact same thing. Now, they go, they may go about it in a slightly different way, but at the end of the day, their motive, at the end of the day, seems to be the same thing, which is to cover up stuff in the paranormal. And if you have straight humans acting the same way as a weird paranormal entity to do the exact same sort of thing, my question is, why? Oh, and my statement wasn't to besmirch at all, like, your initial argument, because I actually agree with your initial argument. I just want to point out there are other examples. Well, I uh, am still on the left turn of a shadow person having the same motives as a, uh, a sexual predator. I would agree. They are very similar mo or very similar operations. Never, <laughs> never, uh, never put two and two together there, and that kind of yeah. shook my core. Oh, yeah. <sighs> Like, if you go back to our very first video we ever did, and it is terrible, we actually kind of make a breakdown of the way a sexual predator operates to groom their target and compare it to how shadow people, like, kind of groom their target. <laughs> That's true. Could it be a human uh, that uh, has been, like, I guess possessed is the wrong word? but something to that effect. And that's why they act like these entities. I think you could be right. I think it could be right. I think that, I think people, some people have even made the argument that like, what, like, like, uh, like black eyed kids are the same, like the same thing. They're just possessed by something. And that's why they act the same way. Kind of think along the same, same lines. There was a account that was given on mysterious universe way back in the day of, and I'm going to pull this a little bit back to shadow people for a moment. Um, where a guy was giving a account of basically his experiences with astral projection. And he was learning how to astral project so he could be a flippin' creeper. And he, he was one of those people who fully believed that it was a, a event that occurred entirely within his mind. He was astral projecting into his mind to basically turn the world into a playground. And there was a lady that he thought was very sexy, and he would always, within his mental playground, quote-unquote, go to her house and, like, basically kind of rub up against her and touch her and things like that. And she didn't really know him. This is just someone that he had happened to see a lot and kind of f made this whole sexual fantasy about. One day, they actually ran into each other in real life, and she pointed at him, screamed, and fled in terror. Huh. Wow. 
basically implying that what he was doing was probably a little more than just occurring within his mindscape. Oh, he was actually going? Well, the thing is, there was no chance to actually interview the terrified woman. And the man who had perpetrated this was not plus to uh, giving out his information. Because he basically admitted to being a psychic perv. <laughs> That's so weird. So it's difficult information. It's difficult to confirm this information, but I thought it was a very fascinating account. That is very interesting. I wish there was more to like. The, I wish there was so much more to that. Oh yeah, me too. I wish I could get the whole story there because that has interesting ramifications, no matter what answer is given. Yeah, if he was, and and if he was just doing it, you know, in his mind, was he doing something in her mind as well? You know what I mean? Like I'm so curious about that. It could have been that, or maybe his psychic projection was manifesting as like a like ghost, or it could have been manifesting as a shadow person, or it could have been about whatever, or maybe just his presence gave her this sense, this predatory sense that she recognized when she got close to him. But unfortunately, this is a case that we don't know all the answers to. So, John, man, do you have any other like uh, like thoughts on the Men in Black or questions that you have? Or I'm just I'm just always fascinated by them. Um, great conversation, by the way, guys. This I, I really fun. I really I really don't know where to. It's just to me, it's it's almost like the last story. Like, yeah, there's so much information, but at the same time, there's nowhere near all the information. <sighs> I'm kind of at the point where uh, I think that. They have this agenda that goes well beyond the scope of what we think they think it is. I think it might be p connected to alchemy, and I think it might be connected to the nature of the human soul. But that's because I found ways for it to hit on certain ancient veins, and I have a bit of an obsession with ancient folklore. The truth of the matter is, I think we have enough gaps that we can kind of paint onto those gaps what we want to see. I, I think at the end of the day, you really have to look at what we were talking about going forward. I think looking at why are there more why are there more sightings of men in black with just paranormal sightings and not so much with alien abduction stories. I think that you should also be looking at how there's so there's this weird pattern, the similar things that human men in black do that weird bizarre like men in black with strange abilities or strange physical descriptions are at the exact same time we use the blanket statement paranormal quite a bit with uh describing like the men in black is there anything other than like craft sightings that they come for any other paranormal oh, yeah. uh, activities oh yeah they they show up with uh bigfoot sightings cryptid sightings uh, a, few, a few ghost stories yeah too. ghost stories um, because I mean they run hand, they run hand in hand with conspiracy stories too, like with okay. conspiracy theories oh, all the time. Oh, and occultists. Yeah, um, it's rare, but occasionally occultists will um encounter them while trying to perform um like serious rituals and things like that. They show up. They show up in a lot of other aspects of the paranormal, but with not the same level of consistency. Right. Though. Like it. It is. I would say large, predominantly. UFO sightings is when is where I think is where the vast majority of the sightings of the of, of men in black stories really come from. Then maybe followed by Bigfoot and everything yeah. else kind of becomes an outlier. I, honestly, I really think it even like drops. I mean, it, it it's a long drop. I think to even number two. Yeah, I mean, it's a huge drop, and I think that should be at the front when people are really trying to come up with a theory about what exactly are the men in black and what are they trying to do. Because there's. Is, this is an offshoot of a question, uh, but do you think certain cryptids could be uh, <clears throat> aliens that have escaped the holding facility, quote-unquote, on Earth? <laughs> that theory's been yeah, around yeah. for a long time, and I always give it a thought over when I hear it, but usually I always come to the conclusion of we have no reason to think that this theory's likely at all. Yeah. But, you know, but at the same time, we also... You know, I've been throwing this idea out there so many times when we throw 
when we throw like motives and and thoughts on like on UFOs and stuff, we always give them this like super smart, like high like high functioning like entities and stuff. You know, maybe there's some sort of hillbilly alien that shows up to like flush their animal that they can't control. They're just gonna let it loose like out on Earth. I mean, I, I'll give you that because I I'm with you on that part. But my issue is this. To say a Bigfoot sighting is possibly a um, a animal that escaped from the UFO, I think that it, that is just as likely as Bigfoot has magical powers and has conjured balls of fire in the sky. Well, okay, of course, okay. Is, I have. I, a... I, there's there's no reason for me to think one is more likely than the other. I know there's a connection, but explaining it. Well, I will. I have a man that will tell you uh, with a straight face that Bigfoot is a herald or a uh, almost like an explorer for the UFOs. Like he said, a lot of times when you, you'll you see a Bigfoot, you'll see a yep. UFO, or right. they come down and like uh, survey the land, I guess, before contact, quote unquote. I've heard this before and I legitimately do not hate this theory. <laughs> okay. I, I legitimately kind of like this one. I've also heard like kind of a variant of it that Bigfoot's like a bio suit that the aliens actually get into and use it to traverse the terrain more easily. <laughs> and I kind of, I'm not gonna lie, I kind of like the theory. I don't, th I, I'm not convinced on the theory, but I think it's a fun one to think about. Yeah, no, it's it's very fun. Um, definitely, I didn't hear the bio suit. That's fascinating. Yeah, Bigfoot's a, a a mech. He's just a mech for the aliens to pilot around in. Hey, you know, there's crazier theories. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let, listen to our podcast for a while. You'll hear a couple of them. <laughs> I, get, uh, I, get a, I get Bigfoot guys to come on Inquisitive Minds, and I tell you what, man, since I'm in a bunch of these groups, it is fascinating to see these Bigfoot people bicker with each other about facts that none of them have. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Actually, I agree. I think my favorite thought on Bigfoot is that he's this mystical ascendant master but also will show up and steal peanut butter from your kitchen and do buffoonish things. And rummage through your garbage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. a yeah. master who's trying to eat out of your trash can. <laughs> just just let him have it, man. Go home. We don't want you here. Go back I'm to your just, home. We hate I'm you. I'm just here to bring spiritual enlightenment. Also, can I have this? <laughs> You're just it's throwing like it away. It's like at the same time with a lot of things like Bigfoot or the Men in Black they give them so much credit for being intelligent in this, and then in the same breath, they talk about how stupid they were. Yep. Yep. Oh. So, all right, man. Uh, I, you know, I, we're kind of pushing time right now, so I, I think this would be kind of a, a good time to kind of trail off for the episode. Johnny, we want to thank you so much, man, for coming on the podcast, man. It has been such a blast. People should be able to catch you. Uh, and they should catch out your podcasts. Uh, where where can people catch all of your stuff at? I'm on all uh, streaming platforms right now. It's uh, Inquisitive Minds. It's spelled with a with a Z in there. And uh, I recently started a new podcast uh, with Daniel Brady, another comic friend of mine. It's called Murderous States of Mind, and we are going through all the serial killers in the United States, state by state. Ooh, that sounds awesome. Have yeah, you guys already you. done? Uh, have you guys already done Ted Bundy? No, no. We just started out. Uh, there's only one serial killer in Delaware. We started on them because we're going on the order that it became a state. So by order of statehood. And uh, I think Pennsylvania's next. Mm. God, I wonder where, where was Holmes from? Because I'm really looking forward to you covering that one. Somewhere from the East Coast. He, he had, I think he was from the East Coast. Yeah, no, H.H. H. Holmes would be a great one. Um, the, oh, And I, I hate to say this when it comes to serial killers, but there's a lot of fun serial killers to talk about that aren't well known and the description for serial killers changed through the years uh used to be three with certain parameters uh now they've lowered it down to two people so that gives us even more to cover oh that sounds like a low bar it is a low bar it it's two like people too though it's two people but with stipulations you know cool down blah 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 okay. this has to happen huh. I'm, I'm gonna tell ellie about your channel and i bet you she'll start oh absolutely she loves serial absolutely. killer stuff people should that? absolutely check out people should absolutely check out uh your work people should check out the inquisitive mind podcast guys you guys have heard us be super critical about other people and other work that they've done but now johnny smith his stuff is awesome from episode one i was always super impressed by inquisitive minds 
go check out his stuff. Check out his new podcast, Murderous uh, Murder States, uh, Murderous Minds of America, Murder, Murderous Minds of America, Murderous States of Mind. That, that Milwaukee's best <laughs> is starting to kick in. Oh, I get this is a double entendre on state. Yeah, I like that. Um, thank you so much, man, for coming on. I super appreciate that, guys. Oh, uh, thank guys, you we're not so much for having me. Absolutely, man. Oh, it's a blast. Absolutely, man. man. Uh, we're not gonna have a we're not gonna have a Patreon section for this because this whole episode was just a bonus for everybody to listen to. Uh, but patrons, don't worry because we're actually going to be releasing an episode only on our patron for you guys, where we're going to be talking about the oh, I just I just had it. Oh, the Bighorn Dam incident, which is a huge cryptid, uh, and I can't wait to talk about this on that. So if you guys have not already, uh, go over to our patron and sign up today. For as little as another month, you get the extra for all of our podcast episodes that we do, as well as just special episodes that we put up only on our Patreon. And we know we have a few new patrons, and don't worry, we'll be getting to you on our next episode. Yeah, thank you guys for checking out this episode. If you guys are listening to this episode, don't forget to uh, like it, leave a review, uh, hit the notification bell if you're listening on YouTube, because subscriptions don't matter. That's the only way that you get notified if we put out a new episode. Um, but until next time, guys. Keep believing. Because we'll keep listening.